having our employees um, in a digital workspace also enables them to do their best work in the place that suits them and the time that suits them. And, and, and of course, we're not saying, you know, hey, do whatever work you want to do whenever you want to do it. But we are extremely open to employees who say, you know, I have a, a, a mother or a father that I have to take in for an appointment at one o'clock. So I'm going to start my day at 4.30 this morning and, and I'm going to work until eight and then I'm going to go off and do what I need to do. And with that flexibility, um, enables is that employees can show up at their best when they can so that they're not drawn, um, they're not distracted necessarily about the things that they know that they have to do outside of the work hours. And that fuels innovation. Be really open and authentic. We all have unique stories and backgrounds. Uh, we all bring things to the table. So, so share, share, share. Share in person when you're live with people, share online to increase that reach, and it, it will make a difference for, for people. It, it really does. In this episode of Digital Workplace Impact, you'll have a chance to hear from two senior leaders from Stanley Black and Decker, namely Kimberly Williams and Kristen Tetro. Kim is the Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion, and Kristen is the Vice President of Internal and Executive Communications. By way of background, Kristen and I have known each other for many years at this point and thought that it would be powerful to shine a spotlight on how Stanley Black & Decker strives to build and nurture a culture where all employees can thrive and where inclusiveness is a reflex and not an initiative. It was lovely to be introduced to Kim as part of this conversation. And when I look back at our time in the studio, there were so many themes explored in conversation with Kim and Kristen. We looked at their respective missions in supporting the diversity, inclusion, and equity efforts within the company. We talked about the role of the digital workplace in enabling inclusive conversation, connection, and collaboration, not only retrospectively during the last 18 months, but we also got a window into how things are evolving. We talked about everything from business opportunities and challenges to innovation and cultural shifts that have been occurring as well. Finally, we capped off our time together working through some sage advice for those not only leading the digital workplace, but also those leading via the digital workplace. Join me now for a fascinating and exciting exploration of the human-centered digital workplace at Stanley Black & Decker. Happy listening. So, of course, um, Kristen, uh, this conversation has been a long time in the making, and I thought that it was really uh, a unique opportunity to get a window into some of the important work that's happening within Stanley Black & Decker, knowing that the organization really strives to build and nurture a culture where all employees can thrive and where inclusiveness is really a reflex and not just an initiative. And I'm really hoping to start this conversation by asking a little bit about your respective roles vis-a-vis -vis such an important mission. Maybe we can start with you first, Kim. Sure, absolutely. So 
Um, I feel that my role here really is to build and scale a global strategy that helps all of our employees own and act to build a culture of inclusion. So that includes so many things like training and awareness building, making sure that all of our employees have equitable access to opportunities and resources, helping to build out communities of belonging. I, I cannot influence 53,000 plus employees individually, obviously, nor can our team of 10. So really a lot of this is how do we enable and support all of our employees from leaders to associates to create this culture. That's really helpful context. And, and Kristen, can you add a bit of insight into your role as well? Oh, sure, sure. I, I would love to start by saying we're so fortunate to have Kim on our team. And, and I personally uh, get so much help and guidance around these topics personally uh, from her. And we've been at the company about the same amount of time. She joined a, a bit after me, I think. But you know, my role uh, and hers intersects quite a bit, and she's just such a great partner. Um, so uh, as a steward of our global enterprise communication team, I really strive to equip our communication partners and leaders across the company with the content, the coaching, the community that they need to foster an environment where our employees really feel heard, they feel connected, and, and situated to do their very best work every day. And our communications are really rooted in this safe and inclusive culture where every individual can bring their authentic selves to work, And as Kim was describing. And this work includes supporting our people managers to lead with empathy, to prepare our executives to both live and share our DE&I aspirations inside the company and, and externally. As a company, we really have a lot of stakeholders, right, with our employees being at the top of that list. And their engagement and passion and focus are really critical to living our purpose, which is for those who make the world. And when our CEO, Jim Lurie, revealed this purpose at his first global employee town hall, right after stepping into the top leadership role, he really framed it with a personal call to action for himself and the organization about being an inclusive organization where all people feel welcome. He also specifically referenced those in the LGBTQ community and made some specific commitments to that group, which was incredibly aspirational to many of our employees. And I'll just share a personal anecdote. I was in the office that day during that meeting four and a half years ago, rounding out my interview process to consider joining the company to lead employee communication, the role I have today. And sitting in that audience, um, it, it brought tears to my eyes and goosebumps to my skin. I knew right then and there that this was going to be the place for me, and I accepted the job that very day. And so, you know, within the context of my role, our team really uses uh, tools like Workplace by Facebook our social collaboration tool to get real-time pulses on what resonates with our employees and what we can do to best support them. Workplace has been a real game changer for us. It's helped us embed that purpose I was describing with employees around the world and really demonstrate in visible ways what it means to be an inclusive team. Uh, the content is generated from all areas and levels in the company and really anyone on the platform can join this collective conversation. So that aspect combined with other features of the platform, live events, polls, other ways to get feedback, really connects our global team in wonderful ways to be relevant, relatable, and aligned. And Kristen, I'm so glad that you've talked a little bit about the role of the digital workplace in supporting and enabling 
your employee base as well as your leadership in the organization as you're you're looking to build this um, reflex muscle that we talked about. Uh, certainly, it's um, hard to ignore what's happened over the last 18 months. We know that the digital workplace has really emerged as the essential workplace for many organizations in the wake of the pandemic. And now that we are emerging into the age of the endemic, um, what we're seeing is you know, a whole new swath of opportunities and challenges coming up in this space. And so I guess I'm curious to know what it is um, that you're seeing in terms of those opportunities and challenges in engaging employees and creating an inclusive and collaborative space as we're really moving into the age of hybrid working. Sure, right. I, and I think our greatest opportunity is really the equality that hybrid working has, has brought to connection and collaboration, the very thing you're just describing. You know, I think we've all experienced the fact that in a video meeting, everyone's square is the same size on the screen, whether you're the president of your business or you're an early career professional. And that's been a, a real equalizing factor. And I think uh, a, a real opening of the aperture of inclusivity. Uh, another opportunity is accessibility. So we just held our first uh, virtual employee resource group summit, uh, an event we've held annually for a few years in person. And that was previously limited to the people that could be in person, you know, at the location of that event. Uh, and there was always travel and space limitations associated with that. But since we moved this to a virtual setting, we were able to really open the doors and allow everyone to join in. And we had employees participating who were just in their first week on the job or had been with the company for 20 or 30 years, but or in different countries right all over the world. So they were able to jump right into um, that DE&I journey together. And I think the, one of the greatest challenges on the flip side of that accessibility and uh, really uh, being able to, to do your work when and where um, you can if you're an office worker is that blend of the personal and professional world, right? So we've empowered our employees to, to do their work in the best way and place it can be done. But oftentimes that means that the work really never sleeps or it's harder to say no and create those boundaries when you physically can literally be connected, uh, whether it's by phone or by video um, at, at all times and at all hours. So finding that boundary about when to turn that off and, and how to create that balance uh, will be really key to our employees' self-care and helping prevent burnout and, and really stay engaged. And that's something very important to us as an organization. Yeah. And certainly bringing in new leadership has been an important part of that process. So Kim, I know that it's been about six months since Joe Sims came on board as the new chief diversity officer. And I'm curious to hear a little bit about some of the most visible changes um, in your scope or approach that may not necessarily be tied to the pandemic, uh, more so because of Joe coming on board and, and bringing new ways to think about how, for example, um, the digital workplace fits into these changes. Yeah, so I, I want to caveat my answer by saying that Joe has been a Stanley Black & Decker employee in a leadership capacity in our in our global tools business for about seven years. And so what Joe was really able to bring to the table on day one or day zero was his vast um, set of networks, relationships, 
in the organization and, and, a, and a way of looking at the work from an HR leader lens. So a way of looking at the work from, um, you know, a, a people first perspective. And that's not to say that that wasn't already the case, but there's absolute value in having someone um, who used to be in the internal customer seat, so to speak, be in the um, DEI leader seat. So um, I think uh, because Joe was able to hit the ground running, um, had a great deal of, of deep relationship and respect. You know, he's he's been able in, in a very short amount of time to influence the growth of our team. So when when Joe came on board um, six months ago, uh, that made our number bump up twice. So, so we it, we doubled our number of hires. So uh, we were a team of of three, and and Joe came over um, with a ph phenomenal support system and um, uh, in in his executive assistant. And in the six months that he's been in the role, we are now a team of 10. So I think that that has been um, pretty significant in the way that we are able to approach the work. So the volume of work has always been there. It's always been extremely high, but the additional resources have enabled us to do more and, and do more faster. So, you know, our goal is to take what we've built and now scale it globally and scale it quickly. And so we've been able to do that. And, and I think the most useful capability or enablement for as a, from a digital workplace perspective is that we can attract and hire talent that sits anywhere across the globe. So all of our 10 core uh, team members sit somewhere else in the country. So not, none of us inhabit the same space, the same geography, which of course brings a whole range of, of diversity of thoughts, skills, and experience as well. Um, but we wouldn't have been able to attract this talent if the requirement was for all of them to, you know, pull up stakes and, and move to New Britain, Connecticut, or pull up stakes and move to Towson, Maryland. So the digital workplace has really enabled us to, um, to build our team, build a world-class team very quickly, and have folks um, showing up uh, to work wherever they sit on the globe today. We have a new team member who sits in the UK, and we will soon have a new team member who sits in Canada and another in um, somewhere in Asia. So really, really the digital workplace is enabling us to grow our scope, grow our reach, and, and deepen our impact within the organization. You know, one of the other important aspects of Joe's coming on board, which isn't necessarily connected to the uh, digital workplace, but certainly connected to how we are managing uh, to excel and to exceed expectations during this time is his direct connect connection to our CEO. So Joe reports directly into Jim Lurie, which gives us a direct line to our executive, uh, our chief executive in the organization, which again, helps us to move more swiftly, helps us to move more decisively, and gives Joe an opportunity to help Jim continue to grow and evolve around his experience, uh, direct knowledge related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And things that I'm taking away from what you've just shared is that the growth of the team and the speed with which this has happened just speaks volumes. Um, the team now has a visible commitment, um, expanded, influence, soon to be a global purview, access to key leadership, 
it's really a whole new world of heft, and that's an important part of the change equation. I guess, Kristen, it would be equally helpful if you could layer in kind of the next part of leadership, specifically digital leadership, knowing that it's evolving within the organization, presumably at an individual team, business, organizational level, especially as you look to build this set of reflexes within a more collaborative and hybrid workplace. And, and it really starts at the top. You know, Kim talked about um, our CEO and, and, and Joe as our chief diversity officer, and, and they're both very visible uh, on workplace, the tool I mentioned earlier. So from an internal perspective, you know, it, it starts there. It's, it's talking with our employees in a, in a really authentic way. It's being very visible with their perspective on these topics and others. And digital leadership is evolving so quickly these days. It's, it's much more customized. Uh, it's, much, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach um, to, to leadership. And the shift during the pandemic towards hybrid work really brought that to light even more. So we know that in today's world, the leaders and businesses overall need to meet people where they are with candor and authenticity. So we really do as much as we can to equip our leaders um, to, to do that well. And we have different platforms that we encourage them to use for that. Uh, employees trust their employers now more than ever. And, and the business leaders and voices are the most trusted source of truth uh, right now. So that's a huge opportunity, but also a huge sense of accountability, right? So we really rely on our leaders and our employees to be change champions, to continually transform and evolve. Um, there's a huge increase in employee action and advocacy, and that requires two-way communication and collaboration and understanding about where we're focused as a company. And, and our CEO has, has taken some bold stances inside the company and, of course, outside the company as well. We've declared uh, our support for uh, a number of societal um, challenges and issues. And we, we are fortunate to have a leader who uh, it does want to communicate and does it himself uh, and really wants to connect with our employees. He is out in the tool himself posting and commenting and sharing and doing podcasts and videos and doing everything that he can to make sure that his message is getting to our people in a way that they want to consume it and that there's mechanisms for people to reach back out to him and other leaders across the company, really, really focusing on two-way communication. So in this uh, digital space, our employees are, are watching and waiting for, for our stance, his comments, uh, our leaders' perspectives on a variety of social issues. And the expectations for immediacy have been conditioned even more so uh, in the recent years, uh, especially in the pandemic times. So it's really building the muscle for all of our leaders to use a variety of mechanisms. Digital is certainly really important because it amplifies your message, gets it to more people more quickly, and really fosters that collective conversation. And, you know, I think about these, these last couple of areas that we've explored together under the banner of leadership. And really, when you think about um, 
Kim, the organization that you're a part of, along with Joe and, and this team of 10 that's growing, alongside the leaders of the organization, the combination of the two really make for the powerhouse leadership combination of change makers and makers of change. And when you're really trying to build this, this system of reflexes, you absolutely have to have both present and visible and contributing to the conversation, to this new world of uh, hybrid uh, collaboration as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things I'm really curious to learn a little bit more about is um, where innovation fits into all of this, especially from a digital workplace point of view. When you think about where we were, you know, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, there was almost a war room mentality to try to tackle the effects of the pandemic by brute force. And now there's a level of stepping back a little bit to say, as we shift from pandemic to endemic, we, we do need to pull from a wider set of points of view in order to be able to take the organization to the next level. And innovation is part of that. And so tell me a little bit about um, whether there's a role for the digital workplace to support that inclusive approach to innovation. Yeah, I'll start by saying that I don't know that Stanley Black and Decker ever took their foot off of the innovation, <laughs> the innovation strategy, right? And and not only did we not take our foot off the off the gas there, but I think we leveraged our innovative way of thinking and performing to survive and really thrive during the, the pandemic. So really thrive during the last uh, 18 to 20, uh, 18 or so months. Um, and, and I'll give you an example of that. So as Kristen mentioned, we had our first fully virtual employee resource group summit uh, just a couple of weeks ago, last week maybe. And we've done a kind of quasi uh, hybrid uh, approach to that summit in, in years before, but really had maybe four, you know, to five different other locations represented, um, all sitting, people sitting in a conference room together. So not, not fully uh, digital in that way that we're speaking of it. Um, but our employee resource groups really operated in their in their base at in their particular location in their office space um, when they hosted events and initiatives and programs and they had to figure out very quickly almost changing on a dime on how to replicate or how to transition those same initiatives to the virtual uh, world that we moved into probably it felt like overnight um, or was overnight for many of us and so that that innovative way of thinking, that innovative spirit that our employees bring to their work every day in not just creating, but um, improving our product and service, they put that into play in how they delivered their programming. Um, we were planning, uh, one of our employee resource groups, the working parents and caregivers was planning for the first um, bring your uh, child to work day. I think it was the thing that they were planning and they literally turned that several site event into um, a virtual 
full day session where employees could bring their children to their Zoom um, to do activities and to build things and to have conversation. So we really have just leveraged our innovation to do things differently here at Stanley Black & Decker. So that's a long first <laughs> first caveat, um, but I'll say that having, having our employees um, in a digital workspace also enables them to do their best work in the place that suits them and the time that suits them. And, and, and of course, we're not saying, you know, hey, do whatever work you want to do whenever you want to do it. But we are extremely open to employees who say, you know, I have a, a, a mother or a father that I have to take in for an appointment at one o'clock. So I'm going to start my day at 4.30 this morning and, and I'm going to work until eight and then I'm going to go off and do what I need to do. And what that flexibility um, enables is that employees can show up at their best when they can so that they're not drawn, um, they're not distracted necessarily about the things that they know that they have to do outside of the work hours. And that fuels innovation. When people um, people are able to do their best, when they know that their individual needs needs and way of living and, and working are being, um, count, um, are being taken into consideration. So long answer, a little, little bit rambling around, I think, but hopefully I've gotten to the crux of the question. Um, and, you know, just to summarize, we, we've continued to move um, and innovate. Uh, we've leveraged our innovative spirit in order to make the transition um, that we were all had to make during this time. Um, and the ability to work virtually and flexibly enables our employees to be their very best and to bring their best ideas um, to the workplace. And I almost think that based on what you've described, Kim, there's almost this level of the system feeding itself because people have that flexibility. Um, they're leaning into their commitments to the organization that much more, and that spurs the next cycle of innovation. So it's a, a sustainable system from from what I'm seeing yes. and hearing, which is um, exactly where you want to be as an organization. And so uh, just taking half a step back, um, Certainly, the accomplishments in the innovation space are important, um, especially vis-a-vis uh, -vis the digital workplace for our audience. But I'm curious to know if there are any other important ac accomplishments that you'd like to highlight from the standpoint of what you've achieved in driving a more inclusive and collaborative hybrid workplace these last 18 months. Yeah, so uh, Kristen talked about this a little and, and could probably do a great job of, of uh, describing it even better than I, but um, I think one of the, the greatest accomplishments is how our leaders have doubled down on being um, empathetic and how our leaders have doubled down on listening and allowing listening to drive new action. Um, and so we've really, uh, as a leadership team, um, either built some new muscles or have had the opportunity to to flex or to exercise those new muscles around listening, around um, uh, 
being inclusive around engaging our employees around creating a place or a sense of belonging in the organization. We've had to be really, really very intentional about that. And I think that that has made and will leave a lasting mark on the way we lead um, uh, at Stanley Black and Decker and the way our employees are able to show up in the work. So um, that's a huge accomplishment. And I think what's needed next is to continue, of course, kind of reflecting back on, on the last answer, um, but continuing to build that muscle so that, again, we're talking about empathy, we're talking about listening as, a, as an instinct in the organization, as a reflex versus, a, okay, how do I do this? And, and what tools can I pull on that'll enable me to do this more and to do it better? So I think just continuing to practice and continuing to reinforce all the things that our leaders and our employees have been able to, um, to accomplish over the last 18 months. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said, Kim. And bringing you back into the conversation, Kristen, we've had a chance to talk a little bit about um, what's happening to the organization at large in terms of building these new muscles, this empathy factor, um, you know, active listening, uh, et cetera. And I almost want to bring it back to what you and your team are doing day to day and uh, just get a feel for the role that the digital workplace is playing in enabling your team's actions to, to meet this important commitment. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think uh, just to build on some of the things that, that Kim was talking about, our leaders have have really been working well together and helping enable uh, what we put on our digital channels to to spur that innovation, to make people's jobs easier, to give them the information they need around COVID, around what we're doing as a company in response. Uh, our priorities during uh, the pandemic have been uh, to make, make sure we're keeping our employees and their families safe, that we're keeping, um, staying really operational to meet the needs of our customers and doing our part to help the communities where we live and work. Uh, minimize the spread of the virus, uh, to, to give back, uh, educate, et cetera. And our, our platforms have enabled us to create knowledge libraries and learning sessions and uh, make Q&A available and give people real-time updates how to get access to the vaccine or what do they need to do uh, if they have symptoms or a situation happening in their family. We have a, a program that uh, gives financial assistance to our employees that have been impacted by um, disasters, uh, whether it be um, a, a COVID situation in their family or um, some sort of natural disaster that, of course, we know has continued almost uh, exponentially during this time, it seems like. Uh, so we, we have a number of ways that we enable our employees to, to really stay focused, uh, to hopefully uh, ease the burden of all of the things coming at them at all, all part, parts of their lives. And as we move forward to a, a more hybrid work model where for office employees, we're, we're going to have, you know, about a third of our employees ultimately on site on a daily basis, a third in a fully virtual capacity, and then another third flexing in between. So coming into the office, uh, maybe a couple of days a week. 
So you uh, we were relying on technology uh, more and more. And we all know that uh, technology can sometimes fail us, right? Um, and, and sometimes connection issues are out of our control. But having, having all of those challenges, working through those challenges together has uh, really helped I think, again, reinforce the importance of inclusion and, and diversity of thought and perspective. Um, our, our CEO and our, and our leadership team has an extended executive committee that meets um, every couple of weeks. Uh, and, and it's a, a very um, diverse cross-section of leaders across the company. Um, Kim and I are both in, the, in those sessions. And, you know, we have uh, a wonderful opportunity to both hear from our executive team, but also they hear uh, from us about what's going on across the organization. And we have some really meaningful discussions. Um, but sort of back to that technology piece, you know, everybody has, um, has dealt with distractions and, and techno technology issues or dogs or kids or I don't know about you, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't, I don't get a delivery, which sets off my dog <laughs> alarm every time. Um, but, but normalizing that and making it okay. Uh, our CEO regularly pulls his young daughter um, on screen with him to join him in Zoom calls, which is always a joy because she's absolutely adorable and beautiful. Um, but, you know, those kinds of things and making it okay and celebrating it uh, are really important uh, to our culture and, and what we've uh, instilled across the organization by example as well. And really acknowledging that we're all bringing a lot more to our workspace. Our workspace is our home space and our home space is our workspace. So it, it's a fine line. And really just continuing to do our best to lead by example, to be open, to be transparent, and really play into the strengths of this hybrid work model. Um, you know, Kim mentioned it before, we have, we have the ability to tap into, uh, you know, talent anywhere, really anywhere in the world. And, you know, we have uh, programs that we've launched, uh, our, our returners program, which brings mid-career professionals back into the workforce after they've taken time off to be with their family or to, to get, uh, have caregiving needs. Um, we've, we've been able to expand our teams, not only the DE&I team, as Kim was describing, but my communication team, all of our teams are now able to tap into the best talent wherever they are. And we have the flexibility to accommodate just a, a plethora of work options that are now open and available to us now that we've seen that we're able to operate in a very effective way in this environment and has really, I think, taking us to, to a new level when it comes to uh, inclusivity, um, talent attraction and retention and engagement. With the combination of what you have both shared, what stands out for me is that you've achieved a level of velocity. And for me, velocity is speed with direction. Um, each event, each conversation paves the way for the next. And so I think as we look to wrap up our time together, it's important to tap you both for your best advice for digital workplace leaders and their teams vis-a-vis -vis what's needed next for supporting and, and further enabling that reflex system that you talked about for diversity, equity, and inclusion priorities within the organization and um, you know how these digital workplace teams can continue to play 
an important role. So maybe can we can start with you first and then hear from Kristen. I would say to leaders today to really understand and value the benefits of being in a digital workspace and having a distributed team. Um, but also understand what some of the challenges and pitfalls might be. So um, as a leader um, in, in a digital workspace um, with a distributed team, I have to make twice the effort to make sure that I am connecting personally and interpersonally with my team members, right? so professionally and interpersonally with my team members. So I would say um, even schedule that time if you have to. So if you're not, if you're the type of leader who's used to just bumping into someone in the hallway and striking up a conversation about a, a, a project that you're working on together, schedule that time, schedule those ways to bump into each other, so to speak, in, in the digital space. So really make sure that um, we're, we're doing that and that we're modeling that same behavior for our teams. The other thing I would say in, in terms of a, a benefit is that um, we use Zoom at Stanley Black & Decker and we have the opportunity to be in anyone's office using my virtual air, air, air quotes, um, in anyone's office at anyone at any time. Uh, but that might not be the way that everybody wants to operate. So really take the time to understand how best to um, engage with your team um, in this workspace, in this in this virtual workspace. Um, so that means we've got to spend some time with in exploration with them, understanding what works and what doesn't work, um, and then doing our very best to meet them where they are. So those would be my, I think, best uh, best words of advice. Thank you. That's really helpful, Kim. How about you, Kristen? Well, Kim took all the good stuff. So <laughs> no, I, I, I think uh, what she said makes uh, a ton of sense. And, you know, I think for us to really um, grow our teams, embrace D, E, and I at every level, we have to personalize how we lead, right? It's taking the time, but it's also recognizing that we're all individuals. And as Kim said, it may not be uh, everyone's desire to pop into your office literally slash virtually, uh, but knowing how each person on your team and who you interact with works best uh, and understanding that and, and doing your best to um, respect that, but also share what works best for you as well. So trying to, um, you know, recognize that we're human beings and not human doings. Sometimes that can get lost in the shuffle of trying to get everything done. Um, and I'm talking to myself here as much as anybody, <laughs> we can end up really na nailing that human doing piece um, uh, instead of focusing on the, on the being piece. So a human being is actually more present in the moment when you're with your teams. A human being limits multitasking on calls as much as possible, which is another temptation amplified by our virtual work. And, and going back to something we talked about at the beginning is prioritizing self-care and setting that right example, right? So do that, prioritize self-care, be very visible about doing so. Um, say yes to ourselves and no without apology. Uh, it's something I work on myself and, you know, being in a communication role and, and all the digital demands that we have, uh, the 24-7 expectation, uh, I have to work on that. And during that ERG summit that we were talking about earlier, we had a self-care expert speak to us about putting ourselves first. And uh, I was I was very pleased uh, to share with my team that I listened to her talk while I was riding on my Peloton. 
uh, one of the benefits of being able to to multitask in, in ways that are uh, completely appropriate. So I made a point to share that with my team. I posted to our workplace group and I, I shared that and some of the other ways that I'm prioritizing self-care. And I asked them to comment on what they're doing. Uh, um, physical activity and, and connecting with friends uh, were, were high on that list, of course. But I think it's, uh, you know, one of our leaders, uh, I think it might even be Joe, is, has talked about um, leaving loudly. You know, when you need to go pick up your children or you have some sort of commitment outside of the quote unquote office, that uh, you, you make sure that people know that you're doing that and you're, you're putting that first. Um, so leave loudly is, a, is another um, tip. So I, I guess I'd, I'd close out by saying prioritizing healthy habits and being clear uh, with your colleagues about when you're available, when you're not, how you prefer to interact and knowing how they prefer to interact. And remember as a leader that you're always on stage. People are always watching what you do. So take advantage of that uh, influence to set the right example and, you know, people will, uh, you know, watch what you, they'll listen to what you say, but they'll watch what you do and action always trumps um, the words that you say. And then finally, be really open and authentic. We all have unique stories and backgrounds. Uh, we all bring things to the table. So, so share, share, share. Share in person when you're live with people. Share online to increase that reach. And it, it will make a difference for, for people. It, it really does. Uh, and, and kind of even going back to the beginning when I talked about uh, our CEO and other leaders are, are very visible on workplace, they, they are. They're out there interacting with, with our employees. They're commenting. They're welcoming employees to the company. And, you know, I, I think it surprises people. They're like, wow, our CEO just just welcomed me to the company uh, and, and I'm, you know, whatever number of levels down in the organization removed. Uh, but but the, our leaders are, are there. They're watching. They're connecting. And that's so important uh, for our leaders uh, to, to be successful and to have a full appreciation uh, of what our employees around the world are, are doing and feeling uh, during this time. I have to say there are so many things that I would want to unpack as part of this conversation, but we're getting close to the end of our time together. And one of the things that I thought would be important to pull out from the collective set of thoughts that both you, Kristen, and Kim have shared with me is that the advice for digital workplace leaders and their teams in particular is that the age of the human-centered digital workplace has arrived. And just as you've talked about the organization and the people inside of the organization needing to show the human side, the empathy factor, the active listening, the authenticity, the personalization of experiences, the sensitivity of those experiences, the employee experience needs to continue to live at the center of any digital transformation activities that continue to happen, not only within Stanley Black & Decker, but for our industry as a whole. I'm going to pause there just to say any final thoughts or reflections. Maybe, Kristen, you can lead first and then Kim to cap us off. Well, I think you summarized so well, Nancy, just in what you said there. I, I couldn't agree more. And we can never lose sight of, of the people and uh, how they contribute to where we need to go. We, we need to be in this together. 
and we need all people rowing in the same direction. So the extent to which our digital um, platforms and, and our digital leadership can accelerate that and amplify that, it's just going to create a, a better experience for everyone and really help us flourish and thrive. Wonderful. Thank you, Kristen. Final thought from you, Kim? Yeah, so I I am fond of saying that diversity, equity, and inclusion is everywhere. And I think that your summary uh, of this conversation and and, and how we're prioritizing our workplace um, really speaks to that. So what you describe is a culture of inclusion uh, where we understand what individual employees need and want and that we make the effort to capitalize and capitalize not in a not in a bad way, but maybe I'll change that to um, to uh, catalyze all of our employee differences um, for good, for innovation, for uh, greater good in the world. So I, I think I love this time and the space that we're in because it just naturally um, enables us to all be the chief diversity and inclusion officers of our organizations and our lives. Well, that's a powerful note to end this conversation, but spark others anew off the back of listening to this podcast episode. Kim, Kristen, I don't know how to thank you for coming into the studio to share as generously as you have over the last 40 minutes or so. Um, I certainly will be looking forward to continuing to watch this space uh, within Stanley Black & Decker as we go along and hope that we'll have a chance to continue this conversation as you reach new milestones as a collective team. So once again, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Nancy. Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry, not only through membership, but also benchmarking and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com.